I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. This is going to be a fun episode. We have a review of Stargirl, a review of Primer, some discussion on time travel, just to name a few things here. Miss Ice returns to help us to nerd out and end our week right. And, you know, since we're all about time travel today, we decided to come to you live from 1988, where two guys have just taken their first steps into the world of time travel. Dudes, you guys are going to go back in time. Yeah! You are going to have the most excellent adventure through history. Who are you guys? We're you, dude! No way. No way. Yes way, Ted! Look, we know how you feel. We didn't believe it either when we were you, and we us said what we us are saying right now. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Let's rock it! Welcome to The Real Brian Show. My name is the Duke of Brian, and joining me today is the Earl of Influence. Welcome, my most excellent friend. What's up? Dude, have you been traveling through time? Oh, God, I'm just recovering from how funny that was. I <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair, and I tried so hard not to laugh. 69, that, dude. Dude. Oh, my God. We are going to have you know the most really triumphant funny? time tonight. Non-heinous, that's the we, thing. We are going to have the most non-heinous time tonight. And yeah. you know what's really funny is what's really I... Funny? I had no idea what that reference was when I first saw Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> yeah, likewise. <laughs> uh, it was just funny to me, and uh, I didn't know why it was funny. So, and by the anyway. way, here to explain the 69 reference is Miss Ice. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, welcome. I can, I can barely explain 1988. I think I was two years old in 1988. Wait, oh, really? Goodness. You were born in 86? Yeah, I guess I that's born in 86. Wow. Dude, and, you're, you're okay, getting so, old. Is Keanu Reeves one of the Bill or and or Ted's? <laughs> he's Ted. <laughs> he said, yes, yes. way, Ted. That he's was like, Neo. whoa. Yeah. Because was... I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, so of the time travel movies Keanu Reeves has been in, you have Bill and Ted's, is it Excellent Adventure? Yeah. And I then still, Bill I need and to Ted's watch Bogus this. Journey. And then Bill oh, and okay. Ted, uh, what's the, the one coming out? Oh my gosh, I totally forgot oh, I the name of it. I keep forgetting about it. There's yeah. another one? Face the Music. Yeah, Bill and Ted Face the Music comes out this year. Because you have you have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure then, and then you have the Lake House. Yeah, he's yeah. been in some things. I just yeah. can't believe he's John Wick. That's just crazy. Yeah, and John Wick's a time and travel Neo. movie too. N- not. Not really. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kind of stuck in the <laughs> '80s and '90s. Not. Not. Oh my gosh. Well, we are in 1988 right now, so use some of those tubular radical, you know, words. I already do. Yeah, I know. You kind of got kinda stuck pathetic. in the '80s, didn't you? Uh, not really I kind of hit a ceiling in the 90s yeah yeah. so I'm at least stuck in the 90s you bet yeah so you were born in 86 wow okay okay so you were kind of a child of the 90s and and also like 2000s which is why Smallville was one of your favorite shows I get it now yeah it's all fitting together right (sighs) it is it all yeah and then now your your wisdom has surfaced yeah Mm -hmm. it's finally it's finally peeking through that's great well welcome how many you haven't had enough coffee today I, I fear what? I have had a lot of coffee. I, I am. You sound really I'm totes ready for this. I am just oh trying God. to like wrap my head around that quote that we just heard and wonder why I haven't seen this movie. Wait, well, hold on. They didn't on. say totes in 88. Come hold on. on. You have not huh? seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's classic. It's worth it. It's really cheesy, but totally see it. Okay. Especially yeah. if you love Keanu Reeves. I love time travel. I think that'll carry me through. I'm a meh to Keanu Reeves. I mean, Speed wow. is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. What about The Matrix? What? Oh my God. What? Oh my God. It's what good. did you just say? It's good. I, I love the movie, but it's not rewatchable. <laughs> well, hold on. It's not oh, rewatchable oh. to me. Well, hold on. When did you see it though? When did you see it? 
It was on recently. For the first time ever? No. So you no, never no. you didn't see I've it seen in 99? It, I've seen it multiple times. No, but, I mean, when okay. did you first see it? I don't know. Was it in, in 99, 99 or was it many years later after you'd seen it? Oh, a bunch it was of not things? in 99. Oh, okay, okay. So you missed the phenomenon. Then. Yes, and that yes. would make sense. Yes, I did. The people who yeah. are watching The Matrix like now for the first time are not blown away like we were. Yeah. Not it's as just, blown like, away. Yeah. That is always the case with classic movies. So when everybody yeah. goes... Dude, why haven't you seen it? It's a classic. I'm like, that means nothing to me. <laughs> okay. It's like, okay, so this Christmas, I saw Home Alone for the first time. Oh, and yeah. People, people have been saying to me for years, oh, I can't believe you've never seen it. It's a classic. Okay, so Brian, were we on the air yet when we were talking about how like we grew up kind of without watching movies until a certain age? Yeah, I think or- we've talked about that before. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was totally me. There were a certain subset of movies that I watched before the age of 16. And then by 16, it's 90s. I get it. It's like (laughs) 2000, right? Yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. So to be fair with that, like if you go back and watch Home Alone, for example, one of the things that is nostalgic to me is that in Buzz's bedroom, he has that life-size poster of Michael Jordan on the back of his door. Yeah. And well, well, I had friends that had that life-size poster, you know, when he was popular, right? So Yeah. That, Everybody like, had that poster though. Yeah, and I grew up I mean, with Home Alone and I was like even had that poster. That's amazing. Right. Well, but if you hadn't really grown up with it, then no, it's not going to be as charming and as exciting. But here's the well, thing. I think that's that's funny though because I think Home Alone is the exception for me because I loved that movie. It had it okay, still well, good. possessed like that really rare quality that transcends Yeah. the year it was produced. Yeah. True. Yeah. It, True. It, it Whereas there up. are not a lot of things that do. I mean, either yeah. you have technology that is way too old and you can see right through it or it's home alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, here's a movie. Sorry, I cut you off. What, here's a movie that I watched. I don't know. I mean, I saw it when it came out in the theater and I was probably about 125 at that time mm-hmm. was mutiny on the bounty. The 1935, not the sixties version, but the original 1935 version with you know, Clark Gable's in it, right? So I saw that truthfully though, when I was probably in my twenties, I obviously was not alive anywhere near that era, but to me, that's a classic. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't have that, Yep. but at the same time, I'm just like, wow, what a movie. And like, I'm kind of yeah. like, oh my gosh, if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. So right. yeah, it depends. And I think that's kind of the beauty of classics. Even if you don't see it during its glory hey, days. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there are some stories that just connect with people sure. for some unexplicable reason. And I love that about movies, books, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter when you pick it up. If it speaks to you in a moment in time, that is a story worth sharing. So yeah, I agree. I agree. I always, I always appreciate the recommendations. It's just, sure. I, so when I give out recommendations, either I try not to hype it up too much because I'll be like, yeah, I love this movie. This is why. But I also know that somebody's not going to give me the response back that I'm looking for. So I got to keep my expectations for their love of it low. Yeah. Okay. So like with Bill and Ted, that Uh is intentionally 80s. And so even though if you didn't grow up in the 80s, it doesn't matter because they want you to feel the 80s. Whereas like a movie like Bloodsport, which I loved, that (laughs) is painfully 80s. And that's not necessarily a good thing because it's totally dated, right? But it's still a fun movie. But with Bill and Ted, it's like, it's a glimpse in your past. It's like, you should watch like Ferris Bueller and some of those other movies. Like Uh, it's a, it's a time capsule in a way versus like some movies that are made in the eighties. You're like, yeah, that needs to stay there and never come back out. And the worst part is when they're, when they're stuck in the time period they were created in, but are trying desperately not to be stuck in that time period. Yeah. We got to own where we're at, right? There's a lesson. Right. Yeah. Oh, Oh, totally. Which is what I really love about period pieces is like, especially modern ones where you can really, really dig into costuming and location. Well, speaking of movies that are older, like 16 years old, we're going to be talking about primer (laughs) here shortly. And that is Mm. something I still think holds up very nicely, even though I love how, you know, they're on their phones and you'll see. Oh my God. We'll talk about it. It's so nineties. Yeah, it's great. I know even though it was early 2004, but it's totally nineties. Yeah. It was totally. There's so many aspects of it that are nineties that never really even made it to the two thousands. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) because I think it was 2004. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So coming up on Monday, June 8th, which is not this upcoming Monday, but in a week from this Monday is the episode with Nico Carvacho that I've been talking about. he's a guy that, played basketball 
over at Colorado State. Got a chance to sit down with him. And I'll tell you what, man, this guy, he's cool. He broke Kawhi Leonard's records in the Mountain really? West. Yeah. And also was like the leading rebounder. Um, not, not his senior year, but his junior year leading rebounder in the entire NCAA. So, I mean, some really cool wow. things, but also just a really nice guy who wanted to come leave a legacy, not just be the star or anything like that. So it's going to be a great, great conversation. So waiting for that one, it's coming. So stay on that. that and his name is Nico Carvacho. Yeah. And that's how they used to announce him like Nico Carvacho. And just, it was cool. You can't say it without rolling your R. Yeah. He sounds like a conquistador. I love it. Yeah. I guess you could say that he's six foot 11. So yeah, <laughs> he is a conquistador. <laughs> <laughs> conquistador, yo. Con- a conquistador with Captain Influ. By the way, what did you do over the holiday weekend, Captain? What did I do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I still have the shakes from this, Brian. Um, <laughs> I haven't been addicted to a game in many, many years. Like, really? Oh, I really thought you were going to say weeks, but okay. It's been years since I've been addict- as addicted as I am to this game, and okay. that is Civilization Six. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was free on Epic Store. So they they so Epic, you know, like we said last week, they gave away Grand Theft Auto and it went nuts, right? Oh, well yeah. then the next week they gave away Civ Six, which nice. isn't as big a game by any but stretch. Still big. But it's a big game. The Civ series is big. And I'd never played any of them. So and I and I like that format of game. And so I mm-hmm. I downloaded it for free and, and it's a little pathetic how much I played that game. You forgot to go to the bathroom and eat didn't you? I did skip a couple meals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that South Park episode when they played. Wow. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know so, what? I've only played Civ five and Civ five was fantastic, but I did download six. So yeah, I'm ready. Well, I, I, I take that back. I claimed it. I have not actually installed it. Well, hold on. I got to say though about that game. Oh yeah. Those are the typical. This is what you literally say every time you're playing a game like Civ five, <laughs> yes. Civ six, just one more turn, man. I Hold on. Just, say, yeah. just one more turn. <laughs> just one more. And that just one more turn can go on for hours and possibly I mean, days. Like like the Rome Total War series, I've played both one and two. I've played like that where it's just one more turn. But this game has is structured in such a way that it's even more addictive in that regard. It's There's something about it. I mean, that you could do a doctoral thesis about how this game's addictive or some, some the psychology of it because oh, yeah. it literally is one more okay next turn just one, one more, more turn. turn one more time yeah. and then i keep then after a while i just don't even think one more time i just keep going yeah and hours pass so isn't that interesting five more minutes yeah just one more turn <laughs> that that should be our motto is just one more turn in life one more turn just one more turn yeah i like that miss ice did you do anything fun over the weekend or did you sit around and play video games too I slept a lot, but I did not play video games. Oh, well then you didn't have any Babysitted my nephew on Sunday night, Monday, and that was a lot of fun with my mom. Yeah. But just chill. It's just such a bizarre term, babysitting. I mean, it's like you're just sitting on the baby the whole time. I mean, it's like, I don't get that. It's really awkward. He was really unhappy. Yeah. We should do an origin of that saying. Oh, that's a good idea. Put that on your list. Next week. Do it. Oh, yeah. Thank more, you. More like an origin of a phrase or were, is babysitting a word? I don't yeah, know. it's a word. Yeah. yeah I actually sure. remember reading about the origin of that word sometime, but I'm not going to be able to pull it out. Of That's all right. <laughs> Next week, we will talk about it though. So we went I, up to- I wait for it. We went up to Estes Park over Memorial Day weekend, which we haven't been up there for a long time because of the whole stupid stuff going on. We haven't actually gone anywhere since like, I don't even know, but I haven't really left much since March, which is really not good for me. But it felt so nice to get out, felt normal. You know, things are, of course, still a little semi shut down up there and people were all wearing masks. You know, you had to, you have to wear masks if yeah. you're in the downtown area because of the proximity of other people. But okay. it was yeah. just so nice to get away and, you know, the wildlife, everything's lush green, looks like Ireland everywhere. It's just awesome right now. So I feel a little more normal as a result. And I'm hoping things sure. return to normal here as well. But I found this funny because just this week, there was this brilliant article about the truth about masks, right? So like masks don't protect you. They protect the other person. And I'm like, wait, we, somebody's just publishing an article about this. Like this is common knowledge now from, I don't even know how long beyond years. So I wanted to talk about this because I find this interesting, right? That most people still don't understand this. The, the purpose of wearing a mask, right? And we had masks a couple of weeks ago. We had that discussion, but this is more of a funny discussion. So if 
I'm wearing a mask. It doesn't necessarily protect me from the other person if they cough on me, right? So obviously, let's say the three of us, you know, we're, we're talking. Tony, you cough, right? We get the germs. If I'm I don't wearing, want to start coughing because I won't stop. Yeah, no, going. don't, don't. Okay, right. But okay. then if, if I'm wearing a mask and you're not and you cough, it can still get on my mask and I can still get the germs. But now if all of us are wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask, Tony, and you cough, then it kind of sticks into your own mask and therefore we True. also don't get it, right? That's the whole point. It's, sneeze, pro- yeah. it's protecting other people. So right. here's another illustration though that I want to share that might make a lot more sense to everyone listening. This is also from our friend, Mike. So oh, yeah. exactly. Now you, you know all that, we never wear pants while we're doing the podcast. Okay. Everybody knows that. We know that. Yeah. So let's Excuse say, Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I am a lady. Exactly. And, and we know pants. you don't wear pants either. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now say that the three of us are actually in the studio together and we're not wearing any pants. And Tony Is decides six feet between us. No, no, we're just all hanging out, you know, just pant- I really don't want to picture no, this. Just picture this. Okay. Trust me. Tony decides to pee on us. <laughs> Decides to. Okay, yeah. I really don't want to so get to Brian. It's right. I'm sorry. Tony gets to pee all over us, so our legs get wet. All right, that's just right. This is terrible. But let's say I can't wait to see where you're going with this. <laughs> let's say that Miss Ice, you and I are wearing pants, but Tony's not. Well, Tony pees all over us again. Well, this time it hits our pants, and you know it didn't really get to our skin. It might. It does a little bit, right? It soaks through. Our, our legs are still going to get wet. It kind of sucks. Is now, that a bowl of pee or it, I mean, he's just going all out. So, all right. The okay. next one, the next option is that we're all wearing pants. Tony decides to, I'm sorry. He gets to pee all over the place, except yeah, it you. goes all over his own pants. It does in, not in. therefore get onto our pants. And so we are yeah. therefore protected from Tony's urine. <laughs> does that make or, more sense now? Yeah. Of That's the mask analogy. All- we all podcast in our own homes and Tony decides to be, we're all safe. <laughs> well, that's the whole safe, safer at home thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. So hopefully now the mask thing makes a little more sense. Everyone oh, dear. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to forget that. For <laughs> yeah, Tony. Pena, no, I got really? to go pee. I'll Someone back quick, tell me another story. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's good. I'm going to be holding up the rest of the podcast. So uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for sharing that oh visual cartoon on Facebook, by the way, that oh. had to get shared on the show. Okay. Now wow. let's travel back in time and forget we ever talked about that. Let's talk about <laughs> primer. <laughs> Do let's. Okay. So here's uh, the thing with primer, by the way, we are going to go spoilery here because the movie's 16 years old. And if you haven't seen yeah. it, then sorry. And if you do want to see it, then pause here, go see the movie and come back to our discussion because we're going to have fun. It, we're going to spoil not, it. It's not a very long movie either. So I mean, no, it was an right? hour and 17 Good. minutes. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And maybe. Okay. So maybe before you shut off the podcast and go watch it, the non-spoilery review of it, or maybe recap is sure. really just basically that there are these two guys who are part of a four person discovery team or science team that are looking to just innovate something new. They're engineers. They're engineers. Mm-hmm. They're, engineers. They're looking to create patents to help fund their projects and inadvertently come across a device that they can repurpose to be a time machine. And so the entire story is about them using their new contraption in order to explore things that they never thought they would ever be exploring. Yeah. Love that it. being said, <laughs> yeah. that was an interesting summary, but that being said, it's a very a limited film. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that in a negative way. We mentioned this on the show last week or the week before that it's a super, or maybe last time you were on this ice, that yeah. it's a really low budget film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you can tell it's low budget only in the fact that there's no CG or hardly any special effects or anything like that. Yeah. But it's really well written. It's really well directed. It's very well acted. It's very realistic feeling as far as time machine yeah, or time true. travel movies go. <laughs> but I got to warn you, it's. It's a little cerebral and it's very <laughs> confusing the first time you watch it, or at least yeah. I was really yeah. confused. Yeah. So, Highly recommend watching with subtitles. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. It is hard to understand at times. Yeah. And that's part yeah. of the it's, editing. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of really real conversation between four guys who are really trying to figure something out. So it's, you know, yeah. engineers having conversations about 
highly technical things. And yeah. we know engineers because they game with us on Wednesdays. And when they start mm. talking about highly technical things, we've never learned that stuff. And we have no idea what <laughs> yeah. they're talking about. And, and that's exactly the first half of the movie or third of the movie. Yeah. It, you're not yeah. going to understand it unless you're an engineer. It's just that simple. So don't even try. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should we get into the spoilers? Let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it. Let's do it. So now how do we want to ha- handle this? Because, you know, I know Miss Ice, you've seen this thousands of times. Captain and I have only seen it once now. So should we give our opinions first and then you g- or how do you want to do this? Because you asked yeah, us no, to do this. Right. I like I, I first just want to know like a high level reaction you know, and, and maybe some of the things that stuck out to you the most from the film. And then, I mean, we can get into the nitty gritty. People have been debating how many errands, how many Abe's there are for years. So like those aren't, (laughs) so there, there, I mean, there, there's discussion to be had there, but I don't know if there's really any value in it in this podcast, you know, like more just like I'm looking for what sets this time, this movie as a time travel movie apart from others. And what did you like most about it? What was the hardest to get on board with? And all those kinds of things. Okay. okay. So high level, what did you initially think first? Captain, why don't you give us your high level quick thoughts and then I'll do that and then we'll dig in more. Okay, I'll summarize. So first of all, I thought it was a really good flick. It's not what I expected. I thought it would be a little more sci-fi. It's really not a sci-fi movie at all, except for the fact that it involves time travel. It's more of a time travel psychological thriller, but much deeper than your typical psychological thriller. I mean, most psychological thrillers are more or less kind of shallow in, in their plot, in, their, in the depth of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. This movie is pretty deep. And it's certainly, like I said, the most realistic time travel movie I've ever seen. It, mm. They didn't, for example, I, right after, I, I haven't done this in many years, by the way, I watched Primer. And then immediately after that, I watched The Time Machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I felt so unintelligent after I watched Primer <laughs> that I said, okay, I'm going to watch a fun, not that good time travel movie <laughs> after this because I'd seen Time Machine and I maybe a couple times and I knew it wasn't the greatest movie, but it's really deep. And I felt like I should be smart enough to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. How cool. But I got to confess, I'm still not 100% sure what happened. So I'm hoping you guys can help me figure out. Ex- I mean, I kind of know what happened, but it's that's part of what makes the movie good is that it doesn't lay it out for you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot is implied. I mean, a lot is implied. And, well, and a lot of it is indirect, mm-hmm. which, yeah. which is what makes it so rewatchable. In yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, part of me does want to see it again so I can pick up more that I missed because uh-huh. I will. You're going to pick up more the second time. I'm, I'm just guessing. Yeah. But I'm just having trouble wrapping my brain around the whole concept of causality, which is what the film revolves around. So I'll let you explain it a little better, or Brian, or whatever. But I just thought in closing that it's impressive how little money you need to make a sophisticated, well-written film. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know, the guy who played Aaron wrote, directed, produced, and wrote all of the original music for the film. Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. He was like the genius and he's an engineer too in real life. And he's an engineer. Yep. Yeah, that is, that, that makes, is a that genius dude. That part makes dude. sense. Yeah. Yeah. He so, really was kudos. pretty impressive to do all of that. I'm, I'm actually highly impressed by that. Yeah. Which one of the actors was him? The or? main guy, Aaron. The, oh, okay. Aaron, yeah. The guy whose uh, garage it was. Not Abe. Okay. Not Abe. Yeah. All right. Cool. Ryan? Well, I was kind of mixed on this because... Interestingly enough, I didn't think it was actually deep at all. Here's the thing. Here's the difference I have on this. Psychologically, I didn't really think it was deep. I thought it was pretty straightforward. So it's funny that you thought that. You're just making me feel worse. No, 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 really. But here's the thing. (laughs) Intellectually, however, it's way up there. And this is what I I figured this out later. was like, what is it about this movie that's kind of like, so, you know, I've talked about the disc personality test on the show before. Mm -hmm. And it's like the simplified version of the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs or whatever. And you have like four main personalities and there's like, there's the D, the I, the S, the C. Well, the C is that intellectual, data-driven, engineer-minded, factual kind of person. And Mm -hmm. if you're an engineer and you just nerd out about that stuff, like you're probably a C, right? Mm -hmm. That is exactly who wrote this film and who the film was meant for. Now, can anyone else enjoy it? Of course, absolutely. But if you are a type C on that disc test, this is like your movie. 
hundred percent. Oh, okay. Because yep. like the first 30 minutes was literally two engineers and four engineers actually talking yeah. engineer speak to each other. I didn't have a fracking clue what the heck they were talking about. And it's because I've, n- I've never been an engineer. I don't have any idea what's going on. And I actually like rewound some of it and I'm like, I still don't get it. Cause I just don't, I don't talk like that. I don't know that stuff. Then that speak kind of goes away and then it's like, okay, let's talk time travel and like the effects of time travel and everything else. And that was cool. Would you say that it was about the time where he unhooked the batteries and pushed them away that you started connecting with the film? Somewhere in there. Yes. Yes. That's where the rubber started meeting the road for me. Yep. When they're like, I'm going to show you the most important thing any living creature on earth has ever seen or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. And that was cool, right? Okay. Keep going. So the first, like I said, 30 minutes or so, I'm just like, my mind's wandering because I'm like, I just, I don't have a clue. But it was good. Don't get me wrong. Like I liked the movie. So I am not a C on the disc personality at all. Like not even close. So I can appreciate that stuff though. I can try to understand it, try to enjoy it because I nerd out about almost anything. But it wasn't my kind of movie, if that makes sense. But I still very much enjoyed it. So Mm -hmm. in, you know, you mentioned the, the super low budget on one hand, it was annoying because it was grainy and you know, the, it was just, eh, you know, and on the other hand, I'm like, actually, this is kind of brilliant because like you said, on a hundred thousand dollars, look at what they can do. Still a lot of money, but compared to the, you know, the multi millions that are spent on movies today, that was on really, bad really cool. movies today, Brian. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> right. the thing. This was a really, really well done movie for so little. And the fact that that, that guy that played Aaron did all of that. It's just, okay, that's really cool. So like I said, it was brilliantly done on one hand and actually the, the film footage and the, cinematography, camera angles, all those choices were definitely well-crafted and very cool. Yeah. So I loved that. So briefly, I'll say that I actually surprisingly understood most of the time travel pretty well. My confusion came back to something you guys were talking about was a scene would happen and then it would go to the next scene and I'd be like, what just happened in that scene? Yeah. Because they didn't say anything or because it was edited really weird or it was more like a, I don't even know what just happened. Not that I didn't understand it, but I don't know what I'm supposed to know there, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. which this is where we can start diving into more conversation. Yeah. Is was that intentional? In which case, awesome. That means leave it up to our imaginations to debate it and figure out what the heck we actually think we saw. Or was that, well, that was poor editing and poor storytelling. I think it was probably the former. I think it was probably intentional. So I'm definitely leaning on the intentional. Yeah, that's, that's my, my theory impression. So when you see now, I'm just, this is a spoiler scene, but when you see one of the errands in the kitchen with the other errand talking to each, well, they don't, they talk to each other, but you don't hear them. Right. And then one of the errands walks out the kitchen door and that's it. I'm like, okay, I don't even know what just happened in that scene because yeah, they didn't say it, anything and I don't know what's going on. I know that, okay, that errand was up in the attic and this errand was the one that's been doing a lot of time traveling because it was beard, but I don't, I don't know what they said or what just happened. Wasn't there a voiceover at that point? Yeah, Probably. but he was talking about something else. I don't think he was. He wasn't actually saying okay, so, what was going on in that scene. I mean, scene, like though. this is this is one of those reasons why this movie like has to be rewatched. You can't just totally. watch it once totally. and think that you have it all because I sure I've seen it like 10 times and I still yeah. don't have it all. But So what happened there I feel, according to the voiceover then? So according to the voiceover, he has gone back so many times to repeat the same thing mm-hmm. that earlier versions of himself are thwarted from accomplishing their task mm-hmm. by him arriving, right? Yeah, and so, I got all that. I mean, that's all that was going on in there was him having a conversation with his earlier self. So one version locked himself in the attic. Another version had a conversation with his older self and convinced him to leave. Mm-hmm. And you know, so there are multiple iterations of that. Sure. Well, that's see, they my don't- theory they don't spoon feed you what's going on either. I yeah. mean, what, what ends up happening is that, and here's what I was a little, one of the things I was a little slow on was, were they purposely going back and doing it over and over again and creating more and more of themselves, iterations of themselves, or was it a feedback loop that just kept going and they were adjusting to it and, you mm-hmm. know, trying to do damage control. I, I mean, were they doing it on purpose? That's actually a really good question because that is a good question. We're meant to think they did it on purpose, but then there could be the theory that it was on auto and they were doing damage control, but we didn't know that. I don't know. That's actually a really good point. It's like they could, once they started the the process, just like when they turned the generator on, mm-hmm. 
they were talking about how B goes to A back to B and, and that was a feedback loop. And I wonder if the whole plot was a version of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, but all I know is that it ended up, and again, spoilers, but it ended up one of them was killing people all himself, his previous versions, just so he only had one. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And Wait. then the other one was well, trying to save his himself. previous version. It's debatable whether he was actually killing him, but... Oh, I thought that part was pretty straightforward that they uh-huh. were... They even mentioned... No, it, even in one of the voiceovers in the last five minutes or so, he even says something about Abe killing his former selves or something like that. And they actually say it. They don't just mm-hmm. imply it. Okay, I think so. you're right. Yeah. Aaron did yeah. not. Though. I mean, there are so many facts no. to try to yeah. keep straight. It's just really Abe bad. was killing people, and Aaron might have been helping him. I don't know. But it, anyway, it was just see, I was expecting the movie to go someplace sci fi, like they, they would get trapped in the box and then come out in the future or oh. Oh, yeah. something like that. But just like in the time machine, right? But no, it was just a much more, in my opinion, intellectual plot line instead, where they were mm-hmm. just, they were building upon themselves and, and, and trying to prevent their previous selves from the selves that were further in the future were trying to, you know, knew what would happen to themselves. And so they were warning themselves about us. It was really confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then once they figured out that they could bring the boxes back with them and that yeah, they were reusable, you know, it just keeps cool. getting deeper. Oh yeah. Deeper. Yeah. When you that get the, one the box last within a box reveal. and a bottle. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. And that yeah. actually is where, when you ask that question about is this an auto loop and they're trying to do damage control, bringing the boxes within boxes back, it's kind of like, okay, yes, that is very plausible that they mm, would be okay. causing feedback loops, but they didn't say anything about that necessarily. No. And maybe they did. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. I, I mean, don't think they did say anything directly, at least not that I can recall from this last rewatch that I did. However, yeah. that totally likely that they could talk about it, but I think it's a combination of both because I mean, even if you're exponentially creating more of yourself, you're still continuing to do it yourself. Like whoever the prime Aaron is, he's still continuing to do this. And yeah, so, and and all just, of the previous Aarons and Abes are kind of suffering the consequences, right? Right. I mean, they're, whatever they decide to do, their future selves have already gone forward. And anyway, it's right. That's that, true. That, I guess if I could wrap my head around one concept about this movie that I really enjoyed was the fact that they don't spoon feed you this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. It's very intelligently implied and it warrants conversation like this. It's not just a cut and dry plot. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. And I said earlier, like intellectual, very intelligently written. It is cool. And I will admit this, that now I rewatched a bunch of scenes. So I watched the movie, but I rewatched a bunch of scenes. Then I finally went online to say, okay, let me look at some people explaining it to see if I'm on the right track or not. Okay. And so you actually did your homework. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, like from the time travel piece, I was actually on the right track, which was kind of cool. I'm like, okay, I'm not stupid. (laughs) But like I said, some of those scenes where I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening or those they explained. And interestingly, the couple of videos that I found were actually saying the exact same thing about those scenes. And I'm like, how did they extrapolate that from that scene when you don't even really know what's going on? So that to me was like, okay. It's like a puzzle. You got to put the pieces of the puzzle together. I I feel like the whole movie is like a big puzzle. Yeah. Oh, damn. And and some people get more of the puzzle together the first time through than others. And And everybody's uh, missing a handful of pieces. Yeah. Yeah, And then everybody can collaboratively put the pieces together. Even even if some of it might be a little contrived, I think that I really do think that was just a genius movie. Mm -hmm. Since I didn't totally get it. Sure. I just can tell it was a genius movie. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of the beauty of these kinds of movies is like you can see the genius in its ability to provoke these questions out of you and the in the even the interest to have these conversations mm-hmm. where like very few people could understand the first third of the movie. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can, Con- you can you, content wise. Yeah. Yes. Content wise, or like the indirectness of talking about how they want to use create this room temperature super conductive box right like Mm -hmm. very few people can really understand the implications of that much less how you go from having a (laughs) room temperature super conductive box to a time (laughs) travel device right exactly so but they start really granular and gradually become less so Mm -hmm. so like they slowly bring you in on it and then there are things that you understand like the the whole 
why is it running on its own? You know, like if I unhook the batteries and it's sustaining itself and then slowly winds down, like Mm -hmm. those are things that you can start to compare to things you know about. Like if you unhook your toaster and try to push down the toast, it's not going to work. So, you know, like it needs power in order to run. So those are things that everybody has some sort of relationship with. And so what I really love about it is just like how it goes from the granular to the accessible Mm -hmm. in the course of what is it like 90 minutes? Not even. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too that I found very interesting is, you know, you watch a movie through to the end and then usually when you have stuff like when you have movies like this, I do this every time with a movie or a TV show, I go back and I say, okay, hold on. Did they catch all of the edits in the movie to actually match up with what they said at the end of the movie? And this one Mm -hmm. did. So Mm -hmm. like, for example, is listening to his earphones essentially. And I went back and I'm like, was he listening to the earphones in the first scene? Mm-hmm. Yes, he oh, was. Yeah, you know, yep. so it's like that, and just little things like that. They they didn't miss those edits, and a lot of movies miss that. So that was oh, also yeah. just. It's interesting, you know. My first impression was I liked it, and I didn't think it was also like amazing, but I liked it. The more we yeah. talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, this actually really was a. It is a good movie. I mean, it really is, and and the more I like it, actually, it's kind of like when you do this, Miss Ice, where you're like. Well, the more I talk with you guys, the more I like it. I'm doing the exact same yeah. thing right now. Yeah. But I got to say this too. 99% of people who I asked to watch this movie and then talk to me about it yeah. say the exact same thing as you because yeah. you guys represent the entirety of the people I've encountered. Either people are like, eh, it was okay. And yeah. then I start talking to them about it and they're like, okay, I have to go watch this again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I love listening to you guys talk about this. That's funny. So much fun. <laughs> well, and you know, here's the thing. It's funny because I've had people say like it's the smartest or the best ever time travel movie. And, and I still don't agree with that. I think it is probably it is probably the smartest. It's probably the most intelligent time travel movie I've I've seen. But I wouldn't say it's the best one just because like, again, being my personality, I'm more into like story and well, like time travel paradox. Completely subjective. Exactly. So but for me, I, I'm or, saying like. I like more story involved and this had less story and the time travel paradox was good, but I've seen better. So that's where I wanted to say like, it depends on your preferences and your personality is really what it comes down to. For sure. The funny part about the depth of this story, because I I can totally see both sides of your points. Like earlier, Tony was saying this was deep and whatever. And then Brian's like, yeah, it wasn't that deep. (laughs) But I mean, there's such a different form of depth in this one where They're like, Aaron's task ultimately is to stop that dude from shooting up his friend Robert's birthday party, right? And so every single action he takes as a different version of himself is to try to learn more about that party in order to stop that massacre. So there is a ton of depth there, but it's so different from any other type of time travel depth. Mm-hmm. Usually you're talking about this like global causality issue where you change one thing, you know, a butterfly, you kill a butterfly and it starts yeah. World War 10. Butterfly effect. There's one. Yep. There you go. I can see both sides of it, which is fun, but also yeah. I tend to agree more that it it has like every time you watch it, there's something else to find and yeah. something else to latch onto and and more of that story behind why Aaron is so so intent on continuing to go back. And then even like, what is he doing after Abe banishes him? Will Abe continue trying to stop their former selves from ever getting into the box? And will Aaron actually build like a life, like a huge room sized? <laughs> See, yeah. and you're, you're mentioning aspects of it, the plot that I didn't even grasp onto until you're talking about them. So okay. I, mean, I, I got the whole thing with him trying to stop the massacre at the party. I thought that was just one of the things he was doing. With yeah. The, with his quote unquote it, power. It but was I didn't clear. realize that last thing. It was not clear though, that that was his main mission at all. I mean, it probably is if you watch it more times, but in the first run yeah. through, that was not a clear motive. I also think it's debatable whether it is his main thing, but I think okay. it is the thing that causes him to keep going back and back and back and back. Oh, so sure. like that's sure. the thing that starts propagating all of the future. Sure. Errands. The other thing too, that they did not understand, but a, both uh, both the main videos that I watched that were explaining this said that the whole, I want to punch that guy in the face and feel it. Oh, yeah. They all said like, this is very, very important, but it was not explained hardly at all in the movie. No. So I'm like, uh, wait, how is that important and what? So yeah. I don't know if there's something there that you know about or if that's just one of those figure it out kind of things. Well, the way I understand it is that, I mean, it's super vague and indirect. So this is just me extrapolating, but 
Aaron had come up with some doohickey that he created a patent on, but maybe before he could actually get the patent on it, this guy stole it from him and made a bunch of money off of it. Ah. And so like he had probably been working for the guy and then after, you know, the guy stole it from him, he either quit or was fired, lost a bunch of money and they were sent back to square one. So he wants to confront this guy, punch him in the face just once for stealing his patent and then be able to go back and do it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that's really all it was. That's how I understand it. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I thought I mean, too, like, but other people were like saying the, this is really important and pivotal well, to the story. Well, and I thought, wow. I, I think it is because it's the first time they ever think about trying to do something that they can erase. Gotcha. True. Okay. Okay. True. That, that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And this kind of goes back to the whole point of like the different versions of depth. These kinds of things that they're dealing with are so, so relatable Oh yeah. That you just almost never get in any time travel movie. Sure. That's true. Whatever happened by the way with the father and I'm totally spacing his name right now that they're trying to Thomas get, Granger. There you go. Granger. They're trying to get the, the grant from, but then, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he used the box and then, then that was it. Oh used yeah. The that box, was, yeah. And then that, that was, was almost it. creepy. That whole part. Yeah. But yeah. then they never explained like, wait, did he really use the box or not? What happened? Or is that exactly what you are meant to think is what happened? Cause nothing Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. I think like, so my theory is that the whole situation with Thomas Granger is what provokes Abe to start going further and further back. Like that's what provokes him to use the fail safe machine, which is then what starts off all of the other conflicts between the two of them. Okay. But I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so this must go far enough into the future where some conflict happens with Thomas Granger. Maybe, you know, in a future version of this, they try to sell it to Granger. But yeah. I, I don't know. I actually, I haven't thought oh. too hard about that part of it. And one thing we haven't really explained to anybody yet in all this conversation is the fact that they didn't, they don't go back in time. They, when they're in the machine, they go forward in time. Like a, a few seconds and a few minutes in the machine is a long time, right? They, they kept hopping in into the future. No, they, no, they go back. Yeah. When they put a watch in the machine when they were testing it, they would turn the machine on for one minute and then they'd take the watch out and in like 22 hours had gone by. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I think they explained it a little more later where it was like, here you go. They <laughs> live it and then they get in the machine and they, t- they, are go- they go back in time to where they first started. So I think it has to do with that, uh, the explanation they gave of in the A end and out the B end. So like Uh because of the way that this thing cycles, you're able to start it up and it loops. And then if you get in at it at a certain point while it's finishing its loop. Oh, in that cycle. Yeah. In that cycle. It'll take you forward or it'll take you backward while it's looping. So, okay. I I don't, I've never actually heard a version of that where it's bringing them forward. I've only. The whole thing where the, everything inside the machine a lot more time passes in the machine than outside. That's one of the first concepts that they establish in the yeah, movie. And that is true. And that's why it didn't make any sense I, when they started talking I, about that they were going back in time. So I agree with that. Well, I think, I mean, it's more about like, they made a really specific comment about being able to control when you go in and out. Okay. Because during that cycle, then as long as you exit at the right time, you're not completing a full loop and coming back to where you started. Oh, so oh, okay. Does that help? Yeah, I'm, that does yeah. help a lot. Okay. So, cause it was, we're getting really right. deep into this movie. About that it. was <laughs> very confusing with the beginning yeah. conversation. And then again, too, they're talking mechanical speak. So I didn't even really understand half of what was going on anyway. Which is why I like, so there, there's that one conversation in the garage where Abe is trying to explain it. And Aaron's like, can you write this down? Can you draw yeah, this out? Exactly. And Abe is like, there's nothing to write down, yeah. but it helps because he, he makes the A to B, diagram of just mm-hmm. like and then just following it with his pen that was the one that really helped me understand that yeah yeah that's true well there you go <laughs> that's some fun stuff <laughs> it's fun isn't it yeah it is it's, you guys still awake out there all <laughs> right <laughs> oh yeah are you kidding that's very intense that's that's an exciting discussion but some people don't like to get that deep and that's fine but it's good if you watch the movie though and like it to any sort of degree i feel like these conversations are the most interesting to listen to like True, i yeah. i have listened to countless podcasts on this and yeah. every single one of them 
takes a different approach and there's different people with different personalities that can understand it in different ways. And yeah, I, See, I that's, just, that's why I love this movie. Yeah. That's, that is a mark of a really good film. Uh, yeah. One of mm-hmm. many. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So now after having discussed it, do you like it more or less or now do you are like, okay, I really just got to watch this again. <laughs> I already answered that. So go ahead. Captain. Yeah. yeah good I, point. I for sure like it more. Uh, I already liked it a lot. So uh, I, I have more respect for it after this conversation. That's for mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. the reason being is that you've helped me to understand certain aspects of it that I just did, wasn't quite following at the time. So, because yeah. it is, it's like, I mean, it's not that I'm stupid. It's, it's a, it's oh, a yeah. complicated movie. It's totally so, complicated. Yeah. And I mean, I probably saw it for the first time in college. So it would have been 2006 or 2005. So I mean, I saw it pretty soon after it actually came out and then many, many times after that. So I yeah. have 16 years on you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Probably the only thing I can say for <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, anyway. you know, and it's kind of funny too, because I've, I've studied time travel most of my life. You know, I know it's fictional and it's fun and I've read, by the way, you mentioned that the time machine movie was okay. And I agree. The movie itself was, eh. the book was phenomenal eh. though. The book is amazing. Yeah, so I, read the book. See, You'll love and that. It, and it's, someday I will. It's Jules Verne. I've never, I mean, I, some science fiction to me and my instinctive brain can't possibly hold up, but that's just my instinct talking. So everything Verne, I've just kind of avoided it's because not, of that stupid it's instinct. Jules it's H.G. Wells. Yeah. Oh, Wells. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I get I get them mixed up all the time. I'm sorry. But even no, it's then, totally fine. Uh, I just I wanted to make under the, the distinction, sea, dude. That yeah. Works. Either one. Holy yeah, cow! I that just, holds okay. up. Yeah. No, yeah. I respect them. I yeah. like sure. like I respect Ray Bradbury, but the Martian yeah. Chronicles just they're classic, but they don't hold up as well. That type of thing. So I'm always reluctant to read old science fiction. Well, Time Machine yeah. is very deep and a lot of a lot of stuff that you like. Okay. The movie did not go there. The book does. So good. Okay. Yeah. And the movie was entertaining. It just was good. So yeah. Well, and of course, you know, you've got your cheesy back to the future, you know, actually, which I I think from a time travel perspective, back to the future actually did a pretty good job. Yeah. Back to the future is fun. Yeah. Now it's a fun franchise. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure on the other hand. Oh my gosh. Also fun. Yeah. Amazing. One of the, I mean, obviously, you know, our thoughts on that, but if they were to bring all the, well, I'm not going to say anything because you haven't even seen it, but what they did would break the timeline. So it just doesn't work, but it's so awesome. Uh, and it had such a good soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We were talking about 12 monkeys before the show started. And of course we've all seen the movie and I love the movie, but then you were saying that the TV show is just takes it to a whole new level and so much better. Yeah. I mean, they're almost incomparable. There are definitely aspects of them that are similar, mm-hmm. but Oh my gosh, the series is just phenomenal. Four seasons, uh, sci-fi did it. So they're like 13 episode seasons. And my goodness, it's just, it's one of the best stories. Nice. Which it's, it's really timely too, because it's about a pandemic that kills most of of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, be warned on that, but still (laughs) it's super, super timey-wimey. Yeah. Oh, Doctor Who isn't on here. Oh yeah, I didn't think about (laughs) that. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Time Lord. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm a huge yeah. fan of like some of the Planet of the Apes movies that actually really dived into. I have never seen those. Uh, well, oh. Some of them really dive heavily into the time travel effect and that's really cool. Not all of them, but okay. it's really, really neat. I mean, of course, the first two Terminator movies are just genius when it comes to oh. time mm. travel as well. And they, they do that very well. And then, of course, they just start changing everything. But whatever. Looper. Did you guys ever see Looper? I don't even hardly I remember. I did see that. Looper. Yeah, I remember it being I've never good. I've heard but of Looper. Yeah, it's interesting. It's worth watching. Frequency, right. of course, but that's just cheese and fun. You know, Frequency and Lake House are kind of similar to me in that yeah. it's two Actually, people in a different timeline. I, and yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had split my, my, you know, favorite stuff into two different categories where you have time travel movies that you can turn your brain off for. And then yeah. you have time travel movies that you really need to pay attention to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. so like I put deja vu source code edge of tomorrow and frequency all into yeah. the turn your brain off and just oh, have fun category. <laughs> well, edge of tomorrow actually had some interesting things. I mean, it, it was easy to follow, but for some people it, it sparked some good conversation. Like right, but not Groundhog the, Day. the yeah. time travel aspect of it wasn't the thing that made you have to scratch your head. So like there, there were plenty of thinker concepts, but not time travel related. Some, but yes. Yeah. 
But that's still a very good movie. Interstellar yeah. to me was easy to predict early in the movie though, but I know it was not for everyone. And to me, that's a good movie when it comes to like time stuff. And you know, it's worth watching if you haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, very much so. Very well produced, well acted. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of movies out there. X-Men days of future past. I mean, you don't have to think oh. about that one, but it's just such a good movie. I mean, there's just so many good ones that involve time travel that are just so fun. Half the Star Trek movies seem to, or TV shows anymore. <laughs> it seems like they just, you know, Star Trek four was time travel. And I mean, totally turn your brain off. Right. Yeah. But a lot of them are, it's just kind of interesting to see some of the little things they do when it comes to time travel. And I, I think first contact was probably the most of the Star Trek movies, probably the most accurate, but whatever. Yeah. They're all fun. So yeah, anyway, accurate. Lot, lot, well, to our <laughs> knowledge, right? To our knowledge. That's the thing we, for anyone to say this is real time travel truth. No one knows. <laughs> that's the funny part. None of us have I know, any I love that's why I laugh. I know. I mean, it's just like, I know what you mean. Yeah. So there's, but it's true. It's totally we don't have valid, a freaking clue. <laughs> Oh my God. I still love the whole idea of the butterfly effect. I never saw the movie, but the actual concept of it to me was just like, I watched it on fast forward because it freaked me out. Oh, I heard it was scary. Yeah. I never did it, it but I mean, that was like uh, Ashton Kutcher in one of his first serious roles. Right. So it's like, but that, that whole concept of the butterfly effect was just one of the most wrinkle your brain kind of things that I ever first learned about time travel. And I mean, I just Mm. thought about it and thought about it. I was like, wow. And then I started imagining like, what if, you did this. And then what if this, Oh my, it was so much fun. Yeah. I totally forgot about continuum. The oh, TV yeah. show. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. That timeless. is a fantastic series. Oh yeah. And timeless. Yeah. I mean, timeless disobeys its own rules so many times yes. you have to totally turn off your brain, but is it true. is super fun. Yeah. What about time bandits guys? I never saw Come it. On. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, I haven't oh, seen it. Classic. What is that one? It was done by what's his name? Uh, t- oh yeah. Terry, that guy. Terry Gilliam uh, from, from hmm. uh, Monty Python. Yeah, it's it's the first of that type of movie I saw when I was very young in the early 80s. Yeah. And I've been a fan ever since. It still holds up. It's a fantastic time travel movie. Okay. So a lot of fun. Dude. Very Monty Python-ish, but more serious. Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they break all the rules. Oh my gosh. You know, I, the first, I've only seen their crossover episodes. The first season was actually, I think they were trying to stay within the rules of time travel and then they just kind of said, forget it. <laughs> just do whatever they want now, which makes it fun, but there's yeah, no consequences anymore. I would so anymore. much rather that actually yeah. in that context. I know. Hey, speaking uh, of uh, DC shows. Yeah. So you've got your Berlanti arrow and flash and legends of tomorrow and Supergirl and all that. And then you have the other DC shows that are going on. Berlanti had his hand in a couple of them. So there's like Swamp Thing, Titans, Doom Patrol, right? Those are the other three. And then Stargirl just came out. I know they've been talking about this for a while. They did some preview with that. In fact, I think she showed up in the... Oh, yeah, she did. She showed up in the Flashpoint episode crossover this last season. Really? Yeah. Who is Stargirl? Is she an actual comic character? Yeah. Flashpoint. Crisis? Crisis, thank you. She showed up in crisis. So there was a well, scene where, you know, it's her and everyone else doom patrol was in it. You know, everybody was in their Titans. Yeah. So she's a comic book character and you know, it has to do with star man, which is part of it too, but it's part of the justice league of America, which was, I remember of, the eighties movie star man. Was it related? Huh. I don't know. Actually, that's a I was wondering <laughs> I, that. And I, it was, it probably was not. Yeah, no. probably not. So anyway, the cool thing about this show was I watched the first episode only the second one is on deck for me, but it is a Jeff Johns show he is doing it all pretty much. He's running the show. Berlanti is not involved. So therefore no agendas, thank God, but it is <laughs> awesome so far. I mean, yeah, it's, I've only yeah, seen right. one episode. I'm just like, wow, this is really good. Well, here's the other thing I was surprised by Amy smart and Luke Wilson are in it. And I don't think I've ever seen really? them really do TV shows. They're movie actors. I don't, Amy smart though. Wasn't she in the butterfly effect? No, that's I don't know. Right? Actually, that's a good Might question. Been, she was, she was certainly in just friends, which is one of my favorite. Oh my Amy Smart. I don't even know. Uh, She's uh, been Amy a lot, Smart. Though. She got her start in, uh, in star Trek or uh, starship troopers. You're she was right. one of the pilots in Starship. Oh Earth. my wow. gosh. She's the one. What are, what are you grinning about somewhere? Why are you so happy? Yeah, she yeah. was with a, yeah, she, she was, was in butterfly effect. Oh, okay. Oh, funny. You're oh, right. Crazy. Starship troopers. Yeah. I like her a lot. She did it. She's doing a great job. Luke Wilson's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the acting okay. is well done. Well, uh, I really like anything it. Anything to save me from the season of the flash. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I, I know. I'm not even that impressed with it either. I'm, it's oh taking me forever to get through it. But the thing about star girl is that it's fun. 
it's happy and it's not like the mature rated that some of the other shows have been trying to push lately, which to me yeah, is, is refreshing. Okay. I don't know though, yeah, because no, she's good. a teenager. No, so they're, they're I'm targeting being, a different audience. I'm I think. being pessimistic. So yeah, I know. I hope not. But so far I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's happy. I anyway. loved her character on Smallville. So I love the Stargirl character. See, and it's so funny because I know she was there and I can't remember her in Smallville. So I'll have to go look it up and remember yeah. where it was. It was a later season and I didn't actually see it. So yeah. I only saw the first like four seasons. So booyah. Well, there you go. Booyah. Wasn't that exciting? Look at that. Yeah. that was fun. Oh, thanks for it. indulging me, you guys. Oh, I know well. the movie's like 16 years old, but. Oh, no, I appreciate it when fun. somebody says, have you seen this movie? And we say, no, go watch it. We'll talk about it. That's fun. Yeah. 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 It's always. We got to do that more often. Mm-hmm. What's the we next really one? Do. Yeah. What's oh, the next movie? Uh, Tony and I were talking about maybe doing a review of The Last Dance. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That we needs will. to be reviewed. Okay. So next time I'm on, talk about The Last Dance. Yes. Have you, yeah. how many episodes have you watched? I have not yet. Okay. I, because now it's all over. I'm going to watch them now. <laughs> sure. Well, I've seen two. I've seen three so far. So yeah, we'll do that. And it's so good. There's so many they're things long, to talk about. They're long, but you don't notice it. And there are 10 episodes. I can't believe they made 10 episodes out of that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's great. So yeah, I okay. can't wait. That'll cool. be our next thing. And when you're on next, I'll be good. All right. Well, really quickly, let me give you some new music and then we'll, we'll sign off and call it a day. So, we put this on the TRBS 2020 playlist on Spotify, which is also linked in the show notes. That will be at realbryanshow.com slash 231. And I thought, you know what? One thing we haven't really done is like talking about, okay, here's some songs from each genre. And that way, for those of you like, I prefer this genre, you can go focus on that one song. You know, it's so funny though. Genres used to be simple. Do you remember that? It yeah. was like rock, so hip hop, you know, and now it's like, Grunge. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out what the heck these genres even are anymore because they're like micro niches of niches of niches. This is rap country electronic music. <laughs> <laughs> it's rap country polka and I don't get it. <laughs> All right. So here's your rock pick of the week. Do you remember the, the band Flyleaf? Yes. Okay. So the lead singer of Flyleaf left right before their last album. She had actually heard her voice and mm-hmm. got it healed and then got retrained. Lacey Sturm is her name, by the way. She came back with another album and some other songs that were quite a bit lighter than, you know, her Flyleaf days. And I was like, oh, bummer. I, I love her voice, by the way. Well, she had a new song out and I'm thinking like, yeah, okay, I like Lacey. It's probably, a, you know, that typical song. And I listened to it and I'm like, oh, she's back. Oh my gosh, this is like Flyleaf at its hardest. Oh, it's beautiful. It's called The Decree. It'll be in the list. It's awesome. She's screaming again. I like that. All right. Hip hop pick of the week. There's this new artist called Wanda or Wandy. I don't know. It's spelled W A N D E. I don't know. Have you heard of her? No, no. Okay. Is that a her? It's a her. Yes. Uh, and she's really good. She's kind of new. Her uh, new song's called happy. So it's fun. I'll put that on there. Okay. I've mentioned Pettity in the past. You know, I like him. He's like this Southern crunk, you know, gangster rap style song called big monster. <laughs> it's so awesome. Anyway, uh, if you just need something, I don't know, whatever. All right. Uh, how about some dance? I'm going to call it dance ish music. I don't know if it's dance or EDM or whatever, but you know, Galantis, I've talked about them. They did a song with Fauja called I fly. It's happy. It's fun. Enjoy. And then Ruel has a new song and it's beautiful. So she's normally electro pop. I had to look all these genres up, but I'm going to call this more like chill, happy, encouraging it's called Love Changes Everything. Happy Encouraging is now a genre. Yeah, it is. Happy and Encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect. And then here's your soundtrack pick of the week. I've been playing Borderlands 3 and it's the song from Sanctuary that's playing in the background and the composer oh, is Michael McCann. It's so good. So there you go. All of those will be in the list. So go check them out. Booyah. Booyah. Well, thank you, Miss Ice, for coming back and talking and hanging Thanks out with us. for having me back. Yeah. So much fun. I appreciate it. We're going to, we're going to do it again. Don't worry. So the next time we'll talk about the last dance. Don't forget. Yeah. I'll have it all watched by then. Okay. Well, like I said, realbryanshow.com slash 231 show notes, links, all that captain influence. Thank you as well. Oh, it's been fun. Well, but do you want to know something? I do. Deep thoughts with captain influence. Pirates. Pie rats. Rats who love pie. My kind of rats. I wonder if pirates pirate pies and if they escaped from Nim. Well, you know what the music means. 
Nicodemus, Nicodemus just came and told me that it's time to go. So the great owl yes. told me yeah. what the music means. Brian. Yeah. And there you go. So Ooh. Brisbee, Ooh. it's Brisbee. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. I got to go. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks Adios. for listening to us. We will see you here next Friday. This is The Real Brian Show. Sign it off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.